Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we're able to be together to start this day in prayer. Today is Wednesday, and this is the 16th week after Pentecost. Today we continue reading Mark's Gospel, moving through chapter 13. And now we begin our time of prayer together in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 13th chapter, beginning this morning at verse 14. Jesus said, But when you see the desolating sacrilege set up where it ought not to be, let the reader understand, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains, and one of the housetop must not go down or enter into the house to take anything away. The one in the field must not turn back to get a coat. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing infants in those days. Pray that it may not be in winter. For in those days there will be suffering, such as has not been from the beginning of creation that God created until now. No, and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he has cut short those days. And if anyone says to you at that time, look, here is the Messiah, or look, there he is, do not believe. False messiahs and false prophets will appear and produce signs and omens and lead astray, if possible, the elect. But be alert, I have already told you everything. The Gospel of the Lord. The clear command of this section is for the disciples to be ready for the time when they will flee Jerusalem, to leave the holy city and the temple to its destruction. The signal that they should flee recalls prophecies in Daniel. Daniel speaks of sacrifices and offerings made in the temple that instead of producing a worship uh, in the presence of God actually become an abomination that drives the Lord away from the temple, leaving it desolate and under God's judgment. The very thing happens in the time of the Maccabees when Antiochus Epiphanes erects an altar to Zeus over the altar for burnt offerings in the temple courtyard, 
and then sacrifices a pig on it. It happens almost uh, when the Roman emperor proposes to erect a statue of himself and set it up in the temple in AD 40, but those plans do not happen and are prevented. In those cases, the abomination is committed by pagans, foreign invaders who profane the temple by worshipping other gods. The setting up of a Roman eagle over the temple or some other kind of provocative case uh, might also uh, be things that, uh, that occur. But yet it also might be the case that the abomination that desolates is committed not by pagan invaders, or by the setting up of any pagan signs over the top of the temple, or by desecrating the temple in that way, but by zealous revolutionaries in the process of rebelling against Rome, who end up besieged by the Romans and trapped in Jerusalem. To escape the coming destruction, the church in Jerusalem fled the city and relocated to the mountains in the Transjordan before that great siege. And that is truly what is at the heart of this warning of the disciples. There is no doubt that the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple are at the heart of what is going on in this whole chapter. Here, however, Jesus instructs the disciple community to flee before that time of trial comes, especially the suffering of a siege and followed by the city's fall. Once again, day and hour remain unknown to the disciples. What is certain is that not one stone will be left upon another, and still God will provide a way of escape for Jesus' disciples. In fact, as we will see, the Holy Spirit will move the disciples out of the temple and then out of Jerusalem and out into all the nations of the world. The Spirit of God now being present in the disciple community, which resides in Christ, the rule of Christ now extending to all nations and into all nations. The outline of the Acts of the Apostles is an outline of the Holy Spirit going out into the whole world, and the temple and all that it happens and all that happens there and all that it happens to represent is is all taken up in Jesus himself, so that wherever it is that two or three are gathered in the name of Christ, wherever that appear in the world, the Spirit of the Lord dwells among them. In the vision of a new Jerusalem that, that comes down from heaven that we see in the revelation of John contains no temple because the glory of the Lord and of the Christ are its light. It is the home of God dwelling in the midst of God's holy people where the kingdom of our God has become the kingdom uh, of us all. So the fleeing and the suffering and the sorrow and the pain and the grief that comes with the end of the age are also the birth pains that give way to something new that God is bringing into the world through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is why for Christians, an apocalypse is suffering in faith, hope, and love, in fellowship with each other and with Christ. It is also why the apocalyptic happenings do not diminish in any way the mission of the church, even though it might limit its scope. At the same time, the moment that we find ourselves on the side of those who are eagerly working and participating in the hastening of the coming destruction, ushering in the end of the age, as some Christians seem to be doing today in some kind of combination of fatalism, resignation, and despair, well, that resembles not the holy faithfulness of Jesus' disciples, but actually the desolating sacrilege of the Jerusalem zealots, who sees the temple and proclaim the kingdom of God. 
setting things up where they should not be. Just as we grieve in the face of death and suffer the loss of someone we love, and yet do not lose hope, but do so in the hope that God will yet make all things new, so the disciples suffer and flee and grieve and mourn along with everyone else. And yet they hold their heads up and wait for the coming of their Lord. Just listen to what comes next. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord, who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for gifts of food and water. For the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness. For the gift of relationships with others, especially relationships reconciled, restored. And for the power of your forgiveness. We thank you for the communion of faith that we share within your holy church. For what else are we truly thankful? Merciful God, a might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children. And bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially those, we pray, for those who govern the nation of the world. For people that are in countries ravaged by strife or warfare. For people who are working to bring an end to that strife or warfare to make peace, and to bring about international harmony. Pray for all those who strive to save this earth from carelessness and destruction. And we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land that is engaged in this work, not just in one space, not just in Jerusalem, not just in the temple, but in every nation, in every land where you have sent it. Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to fulfilling your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.